Speaking of which, we're rolling up. <laughs> oh, yeah. We really what, what? need some kind of audio track over the top of this. What, what? Uh, yeah, like a Michael Schiavello or someone like that. Yeah. Some kind of commentator. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 95 of the Jungle Bells podcast. Uh, it's me, Joey. We've got Paulie. What's up? Uh, Tior is absent today. Uh, but we have uh, a mate of ours and guest, Josh Kulabau, welcome yep. to the show, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Bro, you go by Josh or Joshua? Uh, Joshua, I feel like my mom's speaking to me like I'm in trouble, uh, so I prefer Josh. So. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, it works. <laughs> works for Australians. Joshua's got too many syllables. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, just before we get into it, we're, ta- we're talking fight, fight game today, but uh, before we get into it, just a couple of things I want to mention. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu Morning Program's up and running with JT Tomlinson, so make sure you get down for that. If you want any info on it, get at us, junglebrothers.com. Uh, and we also have our, our next event coming up with Rise Foundation Australia, which will be uh, us participating in a, in a 24-hour walk they're doing, which is, I believe, to raise awareness around uh, suicide. Um, more details on that will be coming soon, but it will be starting here at the gym, and that's going to be coming up, I believe, sometime in March. So deets will come out, but just wanted to let you guys know of that. Um, we've got Josh in the house today. Bro, let's, uh, let me give a little intro to you, just so I take... I, I, I give you that base and, sh- and show you what I know. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then you can sort of correct me and tell me where I went wrong. Yep. Josh, is, uh, you're a really good friend of a couple of members of our gym. Yep. Brooke and Nat. Yep. And they're OG members of Jungle Brothers. They've trained with us really since the day that we opened. Five years plus. Five years plus. They are official OGs. And, you know, we, we've, we've known like their families through our gym. We've known their, their, uh, their partners through our gym and some of their friends. And you're one of those guys. Yep. Um, we've had, we've run into over the years. Yep. I think we watched the UFC together up at the pub one yep. time. Um, and it's always by association. You were that guy who was a friend of theirs that was doing MMA. Yep. And it was like, oh, cool. You, you got a, f- a little friend who's doing MMA. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, now you're fighting in the UFC. Yeah. So there's been this really cool thing that, that we've been lucky enough to sort of witness a small part of, yep. right? Cause I, I, Paul and I, like we watched the UFC. Yep. I've seen you compete there. Um, but you know, I'm also quite oblivious to this whole path that you've been on yeah. over the years. So that's what, you know, we'd like to get into today. Um, I think what's really striking about that for me and, and probably for, for listeners is that like you are officially a UFC fighter, yeah. but you're just a dude from botany as I know you, yeah. <laughs> just, just a young guy that does a bit of fighting, that's right? That's it. That's all I am. And, uh, and that's, that's, I guess that's the story of people who are in this league, Yeah. Which, if you don't know the UFC, I think it'd be safe to say that it is—it's the mo- it's the the highest level MMA tournament in the world. Yep. And I mean, is it fair to say that the UFC would be the most demanding sport in the world? I guess it depends how you. Well, I think it's the well. I don't know if it's still the fastest growing sport, but it was at one stage the fastest growing sport in the world. So, um, yeah, I don't know if, how you take it. <laughs> I mean, I've got to say, it, it would like in terms of when I think demanding, I just think about what MMA fighters have to go through, mm. getting beat up, getting injured, fighting people in their training. Like it's really fucking hardcore stuff, yeah, right? Uh, to try and carve out a career That's it, where yeah. you get to fight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for sure. It's, a, it's definitely one of those career paths that you have to love before you, you know, start making money. You have to have a real passion for it because if you don't have no passion for it and you're just trying to chase uh, fame, glory, and money, I, I guarantee you're not going to last, you know, because you really have to have a passion for just the martial art aspect of everything. Just training every day, enjoying the actual training itself and just, yeah, everything that comes with it, just the, the lifestyle that comes with martial arts. 
So how did you how did you get started in the whole fight thing? What what, what was that? How'd that kick off for you? Uh, well, um, around like I, I was always interested in martial arts growing up. My my brother my brother Justin was um, uh, a black belt in Taekwondo, and he sort of forced us to do Taekwondo at the age of like eleven. We did that for a couple of years. Um, me and my uh, older brother Joseph, we we ended up doing Taekwondo for a couple of years. Have I met him? You've met him, the one that looks uh, kind of you kind of look like twins. Yeah, everyone yep. says that looks like twins. Yeah, yep. um, yeah. So we did that for a couple of years, and then um, we just stumbled across um, K one K one Max, which was just a like a kickboxing tournament. It was like pretty like awesome. po- popular awesome popular in in Japan. Like it's like a like amazing thing in Japan. So we stumbled across that, and then we realized like how effective this kickboxing style was. It wasn't like a traditional martial arts or anything where we were doing Taekwondo and we were learning patterns and we were learning like all this traditional self-defense stuff. And then we sort of seen that and we were like, that's more realistic. I feel like this is more realistic where, you know, someone's not going to come up to you and like strike you like this, you know what I mean? So it was more so like, oh yeah, that, that gained, that gained me and Joseph's interest to, to try something else. So we ended up trying uh, looking for a kickboxing gym and stumbled upon an MMA gym, even though we did, you know, we knew about the UFC. We did watch the UFC, like the early UFCs, but we were there for more so for the kickboxing side of things. And then, you know, the coach at the time there, Rob Toman, he was like, you know, why don't you guys just try the jiu-jitsu class? And then I was like, oh yeah, let's try the jiu-jitsu class. And then I ended up having my first session and I was rolling with a guy probably like 30, 35 kilos lighter than me. And at that time I was, you know, pushing probably like 95 98 kilos so I was a big kid I was a very big kid wow and it was that was also one of the reasons why I wanted to to train and you know pick up something to to help me lose weight and gain confidence so and my first jiu-jitsu back to my first jiu-jitsu session is that like I rolled with a guy that was 30 35 kilos lighter than me thinking like oh yeah I'm so much bigger than this guy I'm gonna throw him around and then within those five minutes I think I got tapped like eight nine times within (laughs) within five minutes and I just was sort of like you know, like what just happened? I need to learn what this guy just did to me. Like I felt like an absolute child in there. So I was just like, I need to learn this. And then that's where it just kicked off. What was that gym called? Uh, XL Combat Academy. Where's that at? It was in, it was in Malabar. Okay. And then we moved to um, uh, Hillsdale and then the gym just ended up dissolving because of financial reasons. Right on. Yeah. Damn shame. Man, I think that um, that introduction to jujitsu, where you get towed up by someone way smaller than you, and you're coming in, you're a bit oblivious, and you're like, "Yeah, whatever, should be fine." And then you're like, "Oh man, I'm so vulnerable here." Yeah, but that was the thing is that like, oh, I always thought to myself, "I'm a big kid, you know, you know, I'm gonna throw this guy around. Like, I'm, I'm so much bigger than you. I'm gonna throw you around. I, you know, I play footy, I tackle other big big boys as well. And to me, it was like, you know, I'm a pretty physical guy. I can I can take this guy. And then this guy ended up like arm barring me, triangle choking me, getting my back, choking me from the back. So I was just like- <laughs> Whatever he yeah, wanted Whatever to. he wanted to, just made me feel like a child. And I, that's why I was like, just kind of like blew my mind. I got, I need to learn what this guy did to me, so. How old were you at that stage? I was 15. Okay, and that was your first kind of, um, uh, besides Taekwondo, that was your first martial arts sort of experience before that was football and stuff? It was football, but I was, yeah, like Taekwondo and, Again, I was watching like my, my, my whole family was always into like either boxing, you know, kickboxing, watching Bruce Lee films, watching any action sort of film. So we always had like a kind of thing for 
not so much violence, but more so like combat. Combat. Yeah, so <laughs> the more civilized way yeah, to say most, violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's rules, you know. <laughs> of course. Um, your your background is Filipino. Yep. Full, full Filipino. Born here or born there? I'm born here. Okay. Cool. Yep. Um, Filipinos are big time into their boxing, huh? Yeah, love it. What's where's what's the deal with that? Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao. All because of him? I, I feel like it, it's <laughs> all because of him. I think he sort of started a revolution, like where guys were like, you know, this this guy came from nothing, and now he's one of the biggest biggest stars in the sport, and he's making millions upon millions of dollars, you know. And not only that, he's like help helping the country back, you know, helping build the country back up. So, is he fighting? They're trying to put a fight together with um, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I, I think supposedly it's meant to be happening. I don't know if it's fully official that them two are fighting each other. But and Connor's trying to squeeze in there as well, isn't he? No, not after his last performance. So. <laughs> you don't think he'll get one? Nah. They they'll see. Oh yeah, you lost to this guy last. You got knocked out by this guy. We're not going to put you in there with Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, right. How's, who's going to win that, Garcia? Ah, I think Pacquiao. I think Garcia is still a bit green. I think yeah. he's still a bit um, hyped up. Mm. He's that's Needs all more time. That's all. Ring. Yeah, I think so. Fucking fast though, isn't he? Yeah, very fast. Mm. Yeah, there's another there's another sport that I, I've known Filipinos to be very interested in, which is pool or snooker. Oh, snooker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snooker. Snooker. yeah, snooker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, I had a, a group of Filipino friends in school, yeah. and like, oh no, I actually had a couple that are that, a couple of different groups, and all of their fam, all the guys. Played fuckloads of snooker. Yeah. And they were really good at They're it. They're all sharks. I tell is you it, why. Is there a lot? What, what is it? You know why? They're all gamblers and they all like betting. Mm. So they all go to the local, wherever the local drink up area and they have a pool table there and they'll just pretend like, oh yeah, I don't know how to play. Lose that first game. Okay. You want to put some money on it? Okay. Yeah. yeah we'll put some money on it. Boom. Hustle. Well, that's, hustle. Yeah, that's it. Hustle. hustle. That's it. Like my dad used to tell me, guys, Joshua, if anybody asks you to play, the same with basketball as well, they'll... They, they have kids on the street just sitting around the basketball court and they'll see someone and be like, oh, let's play, you know, a two-on-two -two game and then, you know, let them score the first few and they'll be like, okay, first to this many and then we'll put some money up and then they end up destroying you, like wiping the floor <laughs> with you as well. So they, they all do that sort of like, oh, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. We're not that good, but we want to play and then let's chuck some money on it and then they're a completely different person. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a hustle thing. Is that, um, that's obviously a bit of a cultural thing is that, uh, do you find that, does that bleed over into MMA at all? Like, do you, do you take something from that in the way that you fight? Is there any element of like deception or, I, or are you kind of just, no, you show I, it all? I, I, I feel like I'm just genuinely like, um, I'm pretty quiet. I don't, you know, I don't talk trash. don't talk shit to anybody. I'm, re you know, relative to, to myself and I'm a happy guy. I'm not angry. Don't, you know, scream and shout and pop up my chest, but then, when it's time to do it, then I'm, it's time to do it. I don't, you know, there's no buts or ifs about it. You know, I'm there to do that one job and yeah. that's it. Crush the dude. That's it. That's honestly it. That's my job. <laughs> my job is to go out there and, and you know, put on a, a spectacular performance and, you know, put him, put the person away <clears throat> the best way I can and make it look easy as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. How would you describe your style? Um... I got asked this question before and I, I still- <laughs> Still developing, I, I guess it's always evolving. I still don't, I would say I'm more of a, um, a counter, a counter sort of precise guy. Like I don't just throw a, sh a punch or a kick for the sake of throwing it. And I don't just take anybody down for the sake of just taking them down. Like everything has a, 
sort of like a, I'm doing it more so for a game plan. I'm yes, not just yeah, yeah. doing it for yes, the sake yeah, of just yeah. doing it Strategy just because we're, exactly. You're not, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, well, that's what Igor's like drilled into me is that we don't just go out there and just react to whatever my opponent's doing. We go out there and we implement what we're meant to be doing, what we'll be trained to do to fight this guy. So like if we watch certain film on this guy and we notice something, we're going to go out there and we're going to execute that same thing. And if we execute that same thing and we still lose, then that's it. Like it's a, it, he was just better than us and that's it. You can't yeah, sure. do anything wrong. But you know, if we go out there and we just play into their game and I still win, he, he won't be happy with me. He'll be like, okay, you still won the fight. It was happened a few times that I've, I've still won the fight and he was still upset with me because I didn't follow the game plan. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, he's very, 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 uh, I don't know. I didn't know the word, but very like, this is it's how you, this is how you do it. And that's how I want you to do it. No other way. You have to do it this way. Yeah, right. It's Quite cool. rigid. Yeah. And he's approach. like very old school, like very old school mentality. Seems like you got a good relationship with him though. Yeah. Very, very, very close with him. Very, very close with him. Yeah. I, I've seen um, all the extended highlights for your fights and it seems like what you described, like pretty calculated. Yeah. You're not trying to use like aggression just to go in there and walk over someone or like physicality don't, just to muscle someone. Don't get me wrong. There's there's a time and place for all of that. For sure. Yeah, but yeah. like majority of the time, it's it's always trying to be calculated. Obviously, there's going to be times where you you hurt someone uh -huh. and you know you have to go into for the finish. You have to show that aggression, that mongrel, that you know intensity. And there's other times where you just have to obviously sit back and play the play the the game the that it is the sport that it okay. is. You know, yep. would that be the approach of the majority of successful, you know, UFC fighters? I think so. I think you, you go out there and you execute a, 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 a well thought out game plan. You see somebody's weakness and you attack that weakness. I feel like just like with any sport, I feel like with rugby league, you see rugby league teams, they all have a certain game, like uh, gameplay. And then another team will watch their gameplay and try to figure out where's their weak points and they'll try to attack the same thing. So that's why I feel like a lot of teams that, do a lot of strategy with that sort of stuff instead of just like, oh yeah, here's the, here's the ball, run it, yeah. you know? It, Go hard. Yeah, that's it. it that teams that actually strategize and, and pick th those, those little things that like game planning and, and all that sort of stuff makes a massive difference in the long run. So that's the, the modern day professional yeah. sports industry, I that's suppose. That's it, that's it's it. It's professional. So it's that, a professional thing. It's yeah. a, you've got to treat it like everything. You've got to like pick, be picky with everything, yeah. you know? Yeah, and you're trying to be just a little bit better than everyone else in, in, in all areas or it. one area. That's it. Find you're you're always trying to gain that 1% over your competition. And my coach is a real big, uh, big, big person on percentages. So like, for instance, if, if I was in a MMA fight and for whatever reason I had to at whatever reason, I pulled guard for some reason. Like let's say if I had a guillotine and I jumped and pulled guard, he would disown me <laughs> because he knows if I land on the bottom and I'm on the bottom the rest of that round, I've lost that round. So he's always a very high percentage guy. He's always wants me on top, always yeah. wants me controlling position, always, always wants me picking shots. Never, like he's a very high percentage guy. So like, uh, I like yeah, what, I get what's that. A, I get what's that. A, what's a, a low percentage thing that you'd hit? Like for some, like scissor sweep into inside heel hook. Yeah, or like going for an MNR or standing, like yeah. something like that. He, he would <laughs> like a flashy move. Yeah, that, something that, that generally that, doesn't pull like, off. It'd be like a low percentage. That's the stuff he crucifies you for. You know, like he would mm. just smart. Yeah. He's very high percentage. Like so, everything with him is is by the book. Everything is like very 
basic, but also very like, yeah, well thought out. And like, this is this, this is that. And no, what ifs, just do it like that. Yeah, okay. Don't question. Yes, there's variations to this, but that's not how I want it. So that's, uh, that's Igor, who you train with now. Yep, that's Igor, my head coach. What's his last name? Uh, well, he's Breckenback. He's Breckenback, that's right. Yes. He's a stuntman, right? He is a stuntman, yes. Did you ever come across him in the film industry, Paul? I did. I got one story. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Just a side <laughs> note. I, I met Igor. He came in as a stuntman. Um, I think we were shooting a commercial for the Olympic Games or something, whatever it was. Um, he came in as an Olympian, as a, like to, just to do gymnastics. We needed footage yep. at this long blue screen. Yeah, and it was a long run with a little springboard onto a, a horse. Yeah, um, and that was him. He was um, well, you know, he's five foot five and a half. Yeah, he's, he's quite short. Yeah, short. He's stocky, and he's got that European look in his face. Yeah. not that you could really see his face, but he's got that build. Broad shoulders yeah, and he's he can, thick, yeah. He looks like a, a gymnast to the naked eye, to yeah, the untrained yeah. eye. And he can flip. So yeah, yeah. he was uh he was doing the the run, spring off, and yeah. um it was pretty good. Like I, I had a chat with him, it was a long time ago. Um and it's obviously not what he does all the time. Yeah. And man, it was impressive. Yeah. But uh he explained that, you know, he's he was a, a fighter and, and whatnot. Yeah. And there's just another skill that he could do and yeah. he um he was cast for it. But he was a bit stiff going over the horse, but <laughs> yeah, it looked, yeah, it was impressive. But he, yeah, he, he implements all that sort of gymnastic that stuff he, to in, okay. in, our, in our warm-ups and, and just like basic body movements and stuff. Like he's, he can still Tumbling pull off, the majority of that stuff he can still pull off. Like yeah, without even warming up and he just does it. I'm just like, man, man, I, I can't even do that. I'm like half his age. I can't even do that. So it's like, man, that's cool. A, yeah, he's a freak. He's a freak. How did you end up training with him? So, so where'd you go from that from that first experience over at um, Excel? So at Excel, the the gym dissolved, like I said, um, and then I was looking for an MMA gym. So at that time, my Excel was affiliated with Legacy. Oh yeah, and I was with Tiago. Yeah, with Tiago, yeah. and I I didn't want to do just straight jujitsu because I've uh, experienced in a jujitsu comp where obviously a guy was just holding worm guard and ended up winning that that. Um, that match just by holding worm guard and getting a close uh, sweep attempt. And then, yeah, I wanted, that turned me off jujitsu completely. And I just wanted to do MMA. Like it was the next transition, doing striking and doing jujitsu and doing MMA just to- Actual fighting. And actual fight, you know? So yeah, and then I, I was looking for an MMA gym. And then um, I, I had a look around the closest gyms in the Eastern suburbs. So I was looking like down South, like um, at, what was the name of it? T TP Gym. I think TP? it was that. That was back then. Yeah, with uh, Bernardo and Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's no longer there anymore. No, I think uh, yeah, they've both got their own yeah, gyms. Got their own. Yep. And now, uh, yeah, I was gonna think about going down there, and then I just thought about like yeah, really out of the way, and then I thought you know some other gyms, and then I thought Gracie um, in Alexandria, but then again, it's just another jujitsu gym, and then yeah, and then I just uh, stumbled upon Eager MMA, and then. You know, the first few sessions I had there, me and Igor just hit it off. Like, there was just a connection straight away. Like, I think the way his coaching style really relates to the way I am as a person. I think, I think he figured me out straight away. Like, as a person, I feel like I need to be, you know, always told, like, you got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. If I don't do it, I'll just do it my own way. So I feel like me and, me and Igor just really kicked it off because he was a very you know, direct person. I need that direction in life. Like if he tells me to do something, I'm just going to do it. I'm just a guy that, you know, put the head down, whatever you say, I'll do it. That's yep. it. 
I, I think that's why we really kicked it off really well. And then that's, yeah, that's how it started with me and Igor. That's cool. So he, he yeah, he, he brings a bit of structure yeah, to yeah. your life yeah. and your training. That's it. That's, that's it. cool. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's, it's in a way, it's probably luck of the draw in many, um, often whereby you end up with a coach, you might end up with someone that perhaps doesn't complement your personality yeah. so well. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you stick with them, maybe you don't, but I think, yeah, I guess you've got to be, you got to think that you're quite fortunate to have found someone that's like, it's a good matchup yeah. and it brings the best out of both of you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like, yeah, just our relationship, especially over time, it just the way it, it like built, like gaining trust and, and all that stuff being now without a question of doubt, if he ever screams out anything in my corner and says to do it right there and then, I don't care if it doesn't feel right. I don't care if it feels like I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get knocked out. I do it. Wow. Because it's like that I, we've built up over the years, that sort of trust where it's like, whatever, sometimes I might see, like he, he's told me this before, I might see some things in there that he, he can't see and I might feel something that he can't see and vice versa. I'm, I'm in there playing and he's outside and he can call some things that I might not see in the overall picture. So like we have that sort of, uh, that real trust where like I'll, I'll do whatever he, tell, like I said, whatever he tells me to do, I'm, I'm going to go do it. That's cool. Yeah. That's incredible to yeah. think, um, you know, if he says something in your corner and, uh, and say you said it doesn't, didn't feel natural or you weren't thinking of that yeah. and you are maybe uncertain, yeah. but you, you default back to the trust in him. Yeah. That alone is, that's a, an amazing amount of trust. No, it's, it's huge that, because obviously it's, it's my body that's yes, on the line, but yeah. he, he's already had his experiences as well. He knows like, I don't know why I just, I just do. I just connect really well with him. I, yeah, he, yeah. I feel like he's just like a, a father figure to me as much as he's a, a coach, a friend, a training partner, but also like he's like a, a, a father figure. So. Well, you, you hear that a lot with a lot of the great fighting coach relationships, don't you? Yeah. Um, and I, I see what you're saying like that. He was the right fit for you. And if a coach was a little bit grey on some issues, mm. Like that wouldn't work for you. You need kind of black and white, someone That's who's it. confident with what they're delivering to you so you don't have the doubt. Yeah, like what Joe said, I needed the structure. The structure. Like, and he's always giving yes. me just structure. Something I need to work on, go work on it. You know? uh, what's uh, the, the gyms in Bondi Junction, is it? How big's the, the space there and like how many, how many people are there and how many fighters are there, there? So right now there's only two pro fighters, myself and Alan Philpot, mm. who are actually uh, helping our coach at the moment. Um, uh, but we have a, a few young kids coming up to, through the gym, yep. but obviously coaches, um, Igor's standards is very, <laughs> very high. Okay. And, uh, he doesn't just want to throw these, these kids into the, into the deep end and just throw them in there and just have a fight straight away. But these kids are so eager to, these kids are so eager to learn and so eager to, to fight, but yep. coach is just like pulling them back and saying, guys, you have to learn this. You have to learn that. Like, yes. And he'll ask him like the most basic simple questions like okay explain explain what a sweep is explain what this is explain what you do in this sort of position and none of them can answer these questions it's it's a simple question but they they sort of stumped on some of these questions like well then i don't want you to fight because you, you don't understand the concept of some of these basic principles of fighting and you don't understand it so you want them to be able to articulate that in their head yeah like not only do it just because of they saw it watching ufc yes, or yep. do it, saw it playing a video game or saw it you know like us, one of one of the people that are aspiring do it. It's like they want them to know it consciously, like yep. so they, they're able to, you know, whatever 
if they get asked that question from somebody else, they can explain it to somebody else, you know? So co- coach has a very, very high standard. Shows some kind of qualification there. Like, doesn't it? To be able to, it's like, okay, you you understand it enough intellectually yeah. that you've earned the right to kind of participate yeah. at that level. And then there's also a, uh, a thing with coach as well. He, he won't let guys uh, do it unless you are fit. Like he, I told, like I said, he's got that, that old school Europe, Eastern European mentality where it's like, you have to be fit. Mm. You have to be fit. There is like no questions about it. You have to be fit. Like, like some cardio, your cardio cannot die. No, that's in the middle it. Of the fight. That's it. It he will push you like to the brink every single time. It's like, see, this is what I want every session. This is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. But like, yeah, he just works you like a dog. But that's what I mean. Like, I I need I need that. I need <clears> the <throat> I need the structure. Is Alan in the UFC as well? No, Alan. Uh, Alan is uh, was was meant to get signed to one. One FC. Oh wow! Yeah, and unfortunately, he he went through like the whole One FC Warrior series, where it's like a contender for him to get into yep. the, to get into the into One FC. Yeah, and unfortunately, they didn't give him the contract. So it's a, it's the way it is. But he's had more than he's had close to fifty fights, wow. fifty MMA wow. fights. Yeah, wow, all local ones. Ah, uh, he's fought all over the world. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. he he majority, he was actually um uh, a world champion in um in. I forget the p- promotion, but I think it was called Bama. I think it's in, oh, yeah. I think in, somewhere in Europe. Yeah, yeah, it's a massive promotion there. So he was a he was a champion there. So he's got a, a lot of experience. He's actually one of one of my closest training partners, and he helps me out with um, he helps me out with my own game. You know, he sees my game, and he's a he's a very very good very very good striker. So he's help, been helping me out. That's um, cool. What do you call what? Um, maybe a simple question. What's a professional fighter? Is that someone who is dedicating their life to full-time training uh, with the intention of making money from it? Like, yes. how do you define that? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. The, the exactly same way you just explained it then. Okay. Is that, um, my coach, before I made it to the UFC, I was working 40 hours. So I was an electrician before I made it to the UFC. So I was doing 40 hours work weeks. I was working from seven to four, going straight to the gym to be at class by five and then not leaving the gym till like 8.39. And that was, my, that was my Monday to Friday. And then on the Saturday, I'd spar on Saturday. And then the rest of the Saturday and the rest of the Sunday was my day off. Damn. So that, even then, everyone thinks, like, I can't believe you were doing that. That's, but I was still training like an amateur. That's an amateur. That's how, am- that's how amateurs train. Mm. Professionals, they literally, all they do is, you know, live, breathe, eat this, you know. They wake sleep up in the day. Well, that's, that's it. Sleep well. They wake up early. They, they train. You know, they eat well throughout the day. They rest. They have naps. They have recovery sessions in between sessions. Then they go do another session. You know, it's like they do strength and conditioning. They do all the all the, all the things you have to be doing to be uh, an athlete. It's mm. no longer just mm. being a fighter, like being a tough guy. You have to be an actual athlete. It's not absolutely who can take the most punishment, who can take the most yeah, punches. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. about being, you know, who's... An athlete. It's an actual sport now. It's an athlete. So what does your week look like now, training-wise, and what sessions do you hit? So Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, I'm doing strength and conditioning with uh, Jonathan Bailey at Steed Fitness in Chippendale. And then um, uh, uh, Tuesday, Thursday mornings, I'm grappling and it, uh, grappling with some of the boys at Eager MMA. So like uh, Adam, my coach, Isaac Mitchell, like a lot of the, a lot of the like pretty pretty high level guys that train in the mornings, um, and then Monday Monday Wednesday Friday I'm doing kickboxing. 
Yeah, kickboxing and jiu-jitsu. <laughs> at night. At night, <clears throat> gi jiu-jitsu. And then Tuesday, Thursday, I'm doing um, a one-hour pad session on Tuesday, Thursday. And after that, I do my MMA, MMA cage wrestling, MMA wrestling. That makes sense. And then Saturday, Saturday, I'm sparring. At the gym. Yeah, well, this coming, this coming week, I'm heading down to uh, Wollongong to uh, spar with uh, Volkanovski to help him get ready for his fight with uh, Brian Ortega. Oh, damn. When is that fight? Uh, March 27. Okay. Have you trained with him, sparred with him before? Yeah, yeah. So his last fight when he fought uh, Max Holloway on Fight Island, uh, we, had a, we had a camp down there. We stayed down there for six weeks. And, yeah, he basically just paid for our cabin. He had a group of boys, some of the best boys in Australia, to come down there and just be his training partners for six weeks. And it was a crazy experience. Saw you in that promo clip. Yeah. I was excited for yeah. it. Sick, <laughs> yeah, man. It sick. Yeah, it was, wow. it, was, it was such a good, good experience. Volkanovski's the world featherweight champ. Yep. Of the UFC for, for folks who maybe don't know him, and he's like a local boy from Wollongong. Yep. And he took out Max Holloway, won the title. Yep. Holloway was one of the most dominant champs yeah, of all time. Yeah, one, one of them. Yeah, for sure. He Incredible. Took out, yeah. He took out two of the world champions already. So he's taken out Jose Aldo, who was one of the all-time greats in that weight division. And then he's taken out Max Holloway Fuck, he twice. He beat Aldo. Yep, mm. and he beat and he beat Chad Mendes too. Amazing, That's amazing. Right. Yep. So and then good. Max twice. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what's it like for you? Like you know, we we're talking about this before. How you know you're just a guy does a bit of fight training. Found yourself in the UFC, and then um, you know this this world champion Volkanovski asks you to come down and help him prep. Are you a bit starstruck in that situation, or is it just kind of work for you? Nah, for sure. Like. I feel like all all the fighters that are in the UFC, I feel like they all fangirl over each other because you have to remember you're you're passionate about this sport, so it means you're watching this sport. You watch other fighters, regardless. You do it for entertainment. So when you see someone else, you're like, oh, I know him. Like I know that person, but you don't know that person personally. Yeah, you know him through the fight. So you're like, oh. He's so cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. that, that look was, how he was. Yeah, that's it. That's, that, <laughs> personally, that was me when I, whenever I went to the, the Fight Island and I ran into so many other fighters. It was like to me, it was like, oh wow. But they're all there doing the same thing that I'm doing. There's no, there's no difference. But they've they've just had the exposure from the UFC. So now you've been watching him for so long, and now you you're there, you know, rubbing shoulders with these guys, and it's just like, oh, it's pretty surreal. But also, it's pretty like brings you down to earth that they're, they're the exact same as you. How about uh, I saw your post when Bruce Buffer said your name? Oh, yeah. That's, oh, <laughs> Is that cool? That was like one of those moments where I was like trying to be like, oh, yep. Try to, cool. Try to, try to act cool. Try yeah, to act cool. Focus, look, yeah, hard, look hard. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> look hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like being down at um, Rubra Shops or something. <laughs> look hard. Look hard. What was – um. Fight Island, that's, um, that's an interesting little, that was a really interesting thing that UFC did yep. throughout COVID. Um, can, just for folks who maybe aren't familiar, what, what was that? So Fight Island was basically um, the UFC getting an island, building a structure and having all their UFC fights there, specifically just for the fights. Um, and it was the only sport going that was live, that was at that time. That was during the, COVID, uh, right? During mm. like the peak of COVID where everything was shut off and nobody was allowed to leave the country or nobody was even allowed to travel and all of that. So, yeah. So that was basically it. It was just a, an island for them to host fights. 
And the island was in, it's in uh, Abu Dhabi? In Abu Dhabi, yes. Okay, and so they had, I mean, it was incredible, right? Because, yeah, you had NBA, you had Major League Baseball, like every major sporting league in America and other parts of the world. NRL. NRL, brother. <laughs> mate. So, yeah. <laughs> Rabbitos. Um, yeah, I yeah, I'm a manly supporter. What am I talking <laughs> about? Oh, Do you know um, where you are? <laughs> I know. Um, but every other major league shut down, said we're not doing a league this year. And UFC was like, nah, we're doing it. That's it. And they made this thing happen. And they held pay-per-view events all throughout the year. It was really incredible if you're a fan of the UFC. Because yeah. it's like, fuck me. These guys are still doing it while everyone else had to lay down. Mm. Um what was it like going over there? You, you, you stay at a hotel. It's like a, like you're in a bubble essentially yeah. in a hotel. Yep. So it was basically, if I could, if you're from this area, you'd understand like, it's basically a, a suburb. So like, for instance, if the fight Island was in La Perouse, that whole suburb was just cut off specifically for UFC staff and the UFC fighters. And that was it. Wow. And you could go all around once you've done the two days quarantine, once you arrive there. You, so you arrive, you do two, two days quarantine, 48 hours quarantine. You do your tests during those, those, those quarantine, those two days doing quarantine. Then once you get out, you can go and roam around that whole area. Ride you your bikes do, and shit. Ride your bikes, go yeah, go to the beach. But man, it was so hot out there. It you, looked awful. It was so hot out there. You, you couldn't, as much as you wanted to go out and explore, like you, by the time you're just like, oh. Kind of like um, and I'm kind of like like equatorial heat, like being in Bali or was, being it's in a like, diff, like it's a different heat where it's like here when you're out in the sun you can breathe but you get burnt by the sun right yeah there you just like you can't breathe it's like so muggy it's just like hard to breathe the, the sun isn't like burning you but it's more so it's just like you're, 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 yeah you. you're like you're in a sauna that's what it feels uh-huh. like you're in a sauna like you're trying to breathe and it's like just hot air you're breathing you're hot air here. You know, the sun burns you, but you can breathe and it's nice and it's cool still. Like there's cold, cold wind mm. there. It's like just it's like hot. An oven. Just yeah, it's just it's muddy. In the, it's a desert, isn't it? Yeah. Essentially. Essentially, it's just a desert. Fuck, amazing. Um, and did you fly over there? Did you get to fly business class? No. Spion. No. I watched, you know, when but, you're watching like the yeah. UFC embedded and yeah. stuff, you see all the fighters, they're like, oh, I guess it's all like the but, top tier ones. Yeah, but the crazy thing about that though, we had, you know how they usually have sections for like the, the airplane where they have like this, these sections like row 50 to 70 and then that's another section then they have the bathrooms and they have another section then they have a bathroom and then like to the end of the plane yeah we had a whole section between three of us so we had one whole section between me and my coach and one of my training partners. You had a whole section. A whole section. Holy shit. Yeah. 50 seats or something. Yeah, 50 like some seats. You're lying in Yeah, you can lay down on whatever seats you want. And it was pretty cool. That's nice. Did and you get a bit of work in on the plane? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Movies. Nah. And then, um, yeah, as soon as we landed, when we landed in um, Abu Dhabi, they escorted you straight out like you're some VIP celebrity and then they chuck you into a coach. The coach is empty. It's just you and again, just you, your teammate and my coach and that was it. And wow. they send you to, to the bubble and then you go to the bubble and then as soon as you get there, they, they chuck you in a room, do a test, chuck you in the room and see you in 48 hours. Amazing. Yeah. So you had on that, your first fight was uh, Jalen. Jalen Turner, yeah. Jalen Turner. You t- Tell us how you came into that fight. Uh, so, uh, I was, um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I was, yeah, just cruising along and then 10 days out from the fight, one of my friends told me, um, um, he was pulling out. So my, my friend, Jamie Malaki is in the UFC. He fights in the lightweight division. So the weight division above me. And, uh, he said he was pulling out, he had an injury and he said, Josh, I think this is the perfect time for you to 
put your hand up and say you're willing to to fight and get take my spot so you get a chance to get into the UFC. And me, I was like, you know what? That's that's right. I'm going to try it. So I ended up talking to my manager and saying to my manager Zen, can you can you try tee something up? And then within a couple of days, I ended up getting getting a call back from him saying, okay, we're going to send you a contract. We're going to send you this, sign it and send it back and then get all your medicals done. And then, so it was just like a real like whirlwind within like a, a span of like 15 days. It was just like everything just happened. Like I had to do all these medicals, signing off on, on the contract. Like, I don't know. It was just a full on, a full on, just a whirlwind. How long to, ago was that? To take a fight that is a weight division heavier than, than where you're at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. How long ago was this? This was, was uh, February last year. February last year. twenty, yeah. February twenty third, I think, last yeah, year. Yeah, wow. I fought. Um, did you say he was a teammate of yours? Oh, he wasn't like, a, like he, he's not a so, so much of a teammate, but he's a very very close friend of mine. Like I've I've known, I've known, and we've trained together for the last for the last nine nine ten years now. Yeah, right. is he Irish? Yeah, Irish. Okay, yeah, I think the, the Cullies. The Cullies, they're friends with him. Close with him, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple this of our ex-members, uh, all about him. Yeah. I saw a couple of these fights. Yeah. There's so many people and so many fights, yeah. but um, if someone knows someone, you end up watching it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, he's had some heavy yeah. fights. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's one of my boys. He's one of my main, like, whenever I get ready for fights, he's one of my main training partners that I get to come down and Unreal. help me spar. So he's... So he ended up, yeah, telling me to, to put my hand up and, and try chase this fight. And I ended up chasing, trying to chase that fight and end up getting it. So that's how it all went about. And so is that often how, um, how, the, how the thing works out? Like, like for, for someone like you to get into the UFC where it's like, you just get this little opportunity, which happens to be someone you know that's like pulling out and you're like the first guy, like you let them know, they tell the, like you let your manager know, they tell the UFC, hey, old mate's pulling out, but we got a guy that's yep. ready to jump yep. straight in. Exactly. And they're like, okay, let's do it. Exactly. They're just trying to save the yep. event. Exactly. They? They're trying to save that fight. Yeah. Exactly. And so I'm, I'm guessing like that opportunity is, is, is rare. Like they don't come along a lot. No, they don't. So it was like a, it's like, it's like getting a lottery ticket. That's a winning lottery ticket and not checking it in. It's just holding onto it. Yeah. Right. It's like, mm. it's pretty much the same thing. It's like, I, I knew about the opportunity. And I didn't jump towards it. It's the same. So I feel like it's the same you know, that's the, the right analogy for it. Now, if you didn't do that, if you didn't put your hand up to take that fight, um, what would be your route to get into the UFC? I probably would have had to have another two title fights here in Australia. And then by the time I've already had my two title fights, I would have been 10, 10 and 0. And then I would have jumped into the uh, contender series. Dana White contender series. And then I probably would have had to win that in like really good fashion. Which is a reality show where you got to, is it or is it just it's, it's literally they fly you over just to fight okay but you're not in the UFC it's just basically proving to Dana White that you know are you worthy of a contract and that's yeah. it so I probably would have to fight and, again and you got to win the series you got to win it yeah so there's what like 16 guys no 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 it's just a one off it's just a one off fight but ah, okay. you, you have to um, perform perform and put on a good show ah. for him Sometimes these guys where they put on like an amazing fight, both of the guys put on an amazing fight and he ends up giving both of them a contract. Right. Regardless of winner or loser. So He wants to see the talent. And he wants to see, yeah, like the, the, the will and determination and all the rest of it. So that's got to be a hard, like the, the opportunity you got was, like you said, a lottery ticket because, I mean, to, to go through that other path of having to do another two fights here, yep. win those. Yep. And then get onto the contender and yep. then win that fight. There's the fucking lot of opportunities That's to lose there. Yeah, exactly. Three, three, three chances to lose. You make one slip. That's the thing with this water. You make one wrong 
one wrong thing and then it sets you back so much, you know. So it's it's very, very picky like that. So that fight for you, you came off second best. Yep. Uh, I remember watching that, felt for you. Yep. Um, it's such a harsh reality. It is, it see, is. You know, see, see someone, you know, like, I mean, someone has to lose every yeah, fight, exactly. right? So it's like, it's 50% of like the, the outcome. Yeah. Um, what's that like for you? Well, so that was my, that was my first professional loss. So I came into that fight undefeated. I've never tasted feet professionally. And then to have my first professional loss in front of a full sold out stadium was kind of like, as much as it was embarrassing, it was more so like to myself that I was like, cause I came into, came into that fight out of shape. Like I was literally just got off the couch and gave me 15 days notice to try to get ready for this fight. And like, it was a, just a massive wake up call that I, you know, I can't just be a, a part-time fighter where I'm just getting ready for fights when I know I have a fight. I have to be training all year round. And it was just a, like, yeah, a massive wake up call for me. So that caused you, that you've changed the way you manage yourself since then? Yep. Yeah, yep. okay, and you just now stay ready? Now I just stay ready. Right on. Now I just stay ready. Like, I'm training all the time, regardless of if I'm working towards something. Like, yes, it's nice to have a fight, to have motivation to train for something, but all year round, I'm just training. Now I'm doing strength and conditioning. That's one thing that I've ne neglected. I'm, it's funny, throughout my whole fight career, I never did any type of lifting, any strength and conditioning. I literally just trained in the gym, and that was it. Yeah. And yeah, my conditioning was running. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. You know, so I did none, no strength and conditioning and my nutrition had no nutrition. I was basically just living off boiled eggs, chicken breast, broccoli and tuna. Wow. And that was, and coffee. <laughs> and, that, and that was it. So yeah, like it was all through like trial and error. And I, it, I'm surprised that I, I was able to get that far with just winging it, you know? Now you've obviously got Sarah, the nutritionist, full-time <laughs> living <laughs> dietitian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I've got actually a, a proper nutritionist, um, a Geordie Sullivan. Everyone knows him as the the fight dietitian. Geordie Sullivan. Geordie right? Sullivan. Yeah. Is he in Oz or? Is, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's here in Oz. Uh, he's in in Queensland. He's uh, based in Queensland. He's got like he looks after Volkanovski, Alex Volkanovski, the featherweight champion. He looks after Israel Adesanya. Cool. He looks after a lot of the guys from City Kickboxing in yep. New Zealand. Um, and he does a he does a majority of the fighters here in the UFC in Australia. So, like myself and uh, Jamie, Jamie Malarkey awesome. as well. So okay, and so obviously for you to um, I guess the thing that often that that from outsiders watching they don't realize for you to have uh, you've got a nutrition coach now, you've got obviously um, Igor, and then you know like you've got um, you've got a collection of coaches. You got yep. your PT Jonathan yep. that you're paying it yep. three times a week. You've got to pay all these guys. Yep. So you got to fork out potentially money that you don't have. Yeah. So how do you, how the fuck do you manage that? Are you always like, well, the thing hustling is, to make it work? Well, the thing is now is that like now that one of the biggest blessings is that now because I'm at Eagles and I'm teaching, I'm not paying any membership and any one-on-one -on -one time with Eagle is free and he loves to just train me. Yeah. That's the sort of relationship we have. And now I'm getting paid to be at the gym. So I'm there training anyway, but then I'm going to teach a class, but then I'll train after or I'll okay. train before the class. So I'm, I'm teaching classes as well as doing my training there. UFC pays you? What's that? Who pays you to be at the gym? Eagle. I was in, right, to so teach the I'm class. I'm teaching classes, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'm getting paid to, to, to train and coach at the gym. And uh, my, my strength and conditioning coach doesn't ask for a cent. Wow. He actually doesn't ask for a cent and all he asks that I turn up. Wow. That's all he asks for. No, no bullshit excuse about like, oh, I'm too sore, or I'm feeling sick. 
come to the gym, we'll work around it. He, honestly, the guys that I have around me, my circle, just just a bunch of unbelievable guys that just literally just want the best for me. And is this, are these, these are guys who have worked with fighters and they know the reality yep, of it. Yep. And so they're like, they do what they can. Yep. So in the hope that, you know, obviously you're successful. That's it. And then that helps them to that's be it, successful. That's it. Exactly. So they, um, Jonathan Bailey has worked with, I, I think you would know Rob Wilkinson. Do you know Rob Wilkinson? He used to train out of uh, VT1. Oh, uh, no, Richie. A Richie. Yeah. Richie. Um, Bald head, uh, Richie Walsh. Richie Walsh. Richie Walsh. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, so he came and I remember Richie came and did a session at our old gym. Yeah. Because we came up together as blue belts. Oh, yeah. yeah he's a fucking <laughs> scary dude. But yeah, I know I know he was co- he was coached by Jonathan yeah, for a long time. So, yeah. So he, he understands the, the reality of it, the, the whole process of weight cutting and just, yeah, he knows what, what's involved in fight. And he's, he's a massive fight fan himself, so he, he knows. That's cool. Yeah. So a lot of the, the guys, they, they do it, you know, out of their, their own time and, and, you know, free will that they, they just want to help me out. So it's, I, I can't ask for anything else, you know, that's the You best can't for not me. show up. That's it. Exactly. That's, that's, that's all he asked for <laughs> is for me to just give him my 100, you know, and that's the same thing with Igor. He, the first thing he ever said to me before I started fighting for Igor is that he goes, Josh, I'm not going to give you my time and, and effort if you're not going to give me you're 100%, you know, you're everything, you know, if you're not giving me your everything, then I will just stop it here and you can just train and fight whatever you want, but I'm not going to give you the full attention. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to give him my 100% and this is where it's gotten me so far. That's cool. Yeah. Do you ever, um, do you ever look at the situation you're in and kind of, you're in the middle of it. So you're, you're, you're grinding essentially, right? And trying to get to the next fight and, and increase your skills and all that sort of thing. But do you ever sit back and look and go, fuck, how did I end up fighting in the UFC? Like you didn't, I didn't, you know, you didn't set out to do that. Mm. It's just kind of how it's come up. I'm guessing at a point, you, you know, decided mm. I want to do this. Yeah. But does that, does that strike you as something exceptional or are you just like, do you not really think of it in that way? Is a it bit, just a step? A bit of both. Like I, I feel like it was just a natural progression of how I, how well I was doing in Australia, winning belts and, you know, knocking out people and, and staying undefeated and, you know, winning multiple titles. So it was, I felt like it was just a natural pro- progression. But then also when I first started it, like I said, I was just an over kid, over fat, overweight kid that just wanted to, to lose weight and gain, you know, confidence and knowledge about martial arts and jujitsu and, and fighting in general and then just to yeah just to, to take a step back and, and look to s- and see how far I've, I've gotten you know it, it, it is it is a little bit you know surreal because sometimes I don't take it in but then my brothers will come up to me and be like hey this guy was asking about you saying oh yeah we seen your fire blah 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 so it's like it's sort of surreal that I am fighting on the highest level highest the biggest stage that you can for mixed martial arts but also I'm just that same kid from Botany that, you know, that, that you, most people know me for. I'm, there's no difference. Like, so That's cool. Yeah. I remember I was saying to you before when I used to do a little bit of training with Rob Whitaker, um, that was at the time when he won the belt. And, uh, our, you know, and we used to just train together. And yeah. He was a beast, but, you know, he was just a guy. And, uh, I, you know, and then one day he turns up to the gym and he's got the UFC middleweight belt. And yeah. You know, we're all holding it and yeah. taking photos with him and stuff. And it's just, it was mind blowing that this guy who was just a guy that you know, and he's, you know, 
dealing with the same shit. He's got kids bringing to training. You know, he's got injuries he's working through. Some days he's tired, some days he's on. You know, it's like all the same stuff everyone's kind of dealing with in life. Yet he is the best guy in the world yeah. in this division. In this division, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it really is a, it's a, it's an incredible thing. And I don't know, it, it, it somehow makes, it somehow makes them more impressive, but it also, I don't know. I, I don't know what that feeling is where you, where you realize, fuck this, these things are there for the people who want to go after them. Mm. But the idea for them, for most people, like for me to think about, like, I mean, I think about doing a local jiu-jitsu competition and I'm like, oh, it makes me nervous. <laughs> I can't even imagine walking out in the fucking UFC. <laughs> you know what I mean? And having Bruce Buffer yell my yeah. name. Paulie, you did the, you did the fight night here. That was your first, first fight, right? Yeah. What was, Not you know, the same thing, right? No, <laughs> but you know, I'm sure there was a bunch of nerves with that too, right? Like probably more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking kind of leading up to it. It's my only experience. I mean, I've been in a couple of jiu-jitsu comps as well and those were confronting as well. Um, if you haven't been in competition, like combat competition, play plenty of footy games and yeah. stuff. It's different when it's just you standing there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, nerve wracking for sure. Um, and this was just like. But I feel like the nerves are always going to be the same because you're going out there knowing what needs to be done and knowing that you're putting yourself out there to mm. be, you know, to putting yourself out there in front of your friends and family and all your loved ones that they can see what's going to happen. That was know? the most nerve wracking part was the fact that it was on zoom and it doesn't, and I knew heaps of people were watching and you know what I mean? But in, if we were just sparring, like, yeah. you know, I, I would have done a lot better or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's that factor, isn't it? Yeah. But that's, uh, I feel like that's the same thing, whether it's the highest level or, the, or fighting in, in a gym, you know, yes. so it's, I, I feel like there's, there's no real difference. You still got the, you still get the nerves cause you know, there's bodily harm about to happen. Like yeah. it can either be you or him, you know? So either way, so something's going to happen. Isn't, you know, it's, it's confronting. You don't usually get into confrontations where you have to be physical with someone yeah. and now you're doing it in front of so many people as well. Yes. So it's, it how gonna, do you, how do you deal with that? Um, personally, like with, with your fights and you know, what's your it, experience like the, with those? The, the nerves are always there. Don't get me wrong. Like whoever says they're not nervous, I think they're just calling bullshit. Mm. But, um, I feel like, everyone gets those nerves and it's it's natural if you don't have nerves i feel like you're not going to be fully switched on i think you're 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 going to be slow you're not going to have that instinct of like urgency or something like that you know but that's your fuel hey like it has to be it's the way everyone has it like everyone has fear and anxiety exactly just how your relationship with it how you manage it that's it is there anything specific that you do um like training like in training camp or on the night that i do a lot of visualization to myself like whether i'm just at home just like laying down i'll just like get up and then i just like pretend like my living room is a cage and i'm walking out or i'm like just about to start walking like towards towards touch gloves or whatever gloves or something like i do a lot of visualization like that or even when i'm in the gym i'll do the exact same thing like come out you know, pretend like I'm touching gloves and then I start shadow boxing for the first 20 seconds and then reset, walk back to the cage where I'm going to start and then visualize, okay, ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And yes. then walk out and do the same thing. But I feel like when, when the fight happens and you have the first like contact and you guys feel like, oh, I forget that I'm not that fragile. I've taken punches in the gym and, and then it just starts <laughs> to feel, well, I always try to tell a lot of people that when they compete, try to make it, seem as if you're in the gym compete like you're in the gym 
doing the exact same thing you've done for the last however mm. many years you've mm. done it for. That way you're just going to react the way you would react when you're in the gym. You don't have to make it any bigger and make, make it any smaller than what it is. Just literally the way you are in the gym, you're just trying to translate the way you are in the gym to, to fight night, essentially. Um, the first, your first fight was in New Zealand. There was Pack Stadium. Yeah, New but Zealand. then fight night was empty. 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 So yeah. the one in NZ, like, what was the nerves like there? Because the the belts for the local domestic competitions wouldn't have had as many people. No, no, was in that, here. no. Was in the, here. the nerves there? You could feel they were emanating a bit more. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's crazy that like you, there's there was like. Uh, however thousands of people but then when people were screaming out i could pick particular voices and <laughs> a few people a few of my friends were in the crowd and for some reason i could always pick wherever yeah. they were and just <laughs> had a look and they were standing there in the crowd screaming screaming and i always just picked them out but then when i got in there and the crowd was still like losing it like it just zoned all out like it just felt like it was just me and him in the cage and it was just black on the outside and Crazy. it was just like literally just in the moment i was just in the moment just that's what it felt like it was no like i couldn't hear anything else it was just literally just me and him i guess that's you're just going to work at that point and you've done it so many times that's it, that's it. yeah it seems like uh that'd be a, a a big jump for someone who doesn't do it mm. train regularly or spar every week yeah, and do it. kickboxing three yeah. times a week yeah. but it's it's more normal for you so it's probably once you have the first like contact yeah that's it i feel like it's always it's just that nerves yeah. of like okay right waiting and, waiting, yeah. waiting 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 and then first someone finally like touches each other like like shows a faint and you guys sort of don't want to initiate first you're sort of like seeing what's going to go and then when you guys have the first clash yeah whether it nothing lands or whether something does land and then you just like step back you guys look at each other and it's like okay all right it's just we've done this before okay it's just like, i've been hit before so let's go let's do this Wow. Yeah. It's making me nervous just talking about it. I know, it. me too. I'm like thinking about it, I'm like, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What, is, uh, what do your parents think? Uh, uh, my dad loved it. My dad loved it. So my dad, oh, like I said, my dad was a massive fan of violent combat. Sorry, we'll call it, we'll call it combat. But he was always, always loved combat. And uh, yeah, he loved the, the, the thought of it. And he goes, you know what? He always said from the get-go, Ever since I was 17, I had my first uh, amateur MMA fight. He was like, you love this? And you can tell that I loved it. And he was like, I want you to go for it. If you want to go for it, go for it. I'm not, I'm not going to pull you back. I'm not going to say, no, this isn't the right way to do it. If you have a passion for it, you're going to make it work. You're going to find a way to make it work. So he was very supportive. Mum, on the other hand, never been to a single fight. Ne the own <laughs> she even kind of was scared to watch the fight after she already knew what the result was. So like every single time I used to, every single Even time- Even if I, it was a win. Yeah. yeah. So every single time I fought, like the, the ongoing prank was always, oh, mom, yeah, I lost. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm headed to the hospital. I'm in the ambulance right now. <laughs> like, that, that was the, the typical conversation I always <laughs> yeah. used to have with her, just to scare her. But I was like, nah, mom, I won. Like, yeah. And then- <laughs> I fucked the other guy up. He's <laughs> yeah, in the hospital that, that's now. That's it, yeah. that's it. So it was like, it was always like that. So. But she's like, to this day, she's never been to a live fight. And she like still like only wants to know the result. And then like, if I try to show us like even some highlights from the fight, like on video, she doesn't want to see it. <laughs> so. She's quietly proud of you. Yeah, though, yeah for, for sure. sure. For yeah. sure. I think that's a very, I think that'd be really common for a lot of mothers, wouldn't it? I know even my mum has a hard time still. I mean, I've been doing jujitsu for like 13 years and still usually the first thing she says to me 
we're talking on the phone. She's like, oh, and are you still training that jujitsu? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you're looking after yourself, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, but I can hear that there's a and, fear and there. At least your mum calls it jujitsu. My mum calls it taekwondo. And then, <laughs> and, then, and, then and then when when we were doing taekwondo, she was calling it karate. So you can't win. Whether I was doing taekwondo, she was calling karate. Whether I was doing MMA, she was calling it taekwondo. And to all of her friends, you're like a hapkido black belt. That's you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Oh, that's cool, man. Mate, what's, um, what's coming up next for you? Well, like, what are your, you know, where are you moving towards at the moment? What are you angling for? Um, well, I'm looking to, well, I was looking to fight on the same card as Alex Volkanovsky, but the way things are looking, I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm looking to fight either end of April or, yeah, end of April or any time in April. Yep. But yeah, that's, that's the goal. I'm just waiting on a, on a particular person to sign a contract and, we can get it going, but so you've been you've been angling for a specific opponent. Yep, been angling for uh, uh, specifically Chase Hooper. For guys that don't know who Chase Hooper is, is everyone that's been teasing him is uh, Ben Ben Askren's son. So <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, that's never, fucking excellent. Heard, yeah, that's yeah, it's that the tall, lanky, curl headed, curly headed <laughs> kid that uh, yeah that that's got a lot of hype behind him. So I feel like that'd be a great matchup for for me and him. So. Um, and you've been calling, you, you said you've been calling him out. It, it, when you call someone out, is it like you just, you, you send him a message or, or are you like on your social media, like I want to fight Chase Hooper, let's make it happen. Both. I've both messaged him and I've both been tagging him in posts saying, let's do it. Let's do it. And I still haven't received the response. So yeah. Right. And everybody else has been like commenting on his social media saying, go oh, fight Josh, fight Josh, fight Josh. And still no response. So I don't know. He's got a real grappling heavy game. Yep. He's a slick, slick jujitsu guy. Yep. Um, what's, well, what would you, when you look at that from the outside, do you think I want to out grapple him or do you think, no, I want to knock the dude out? Nah. Like I said, my coach is a very high percentage guy, you know, in the span of, what is it now? It's February now in the span of me this time from now to April, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, I'm not going to become, artist. yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be uh, all of a sudden, you know, the, one of the best leg lockers in the game. It's, it's all a percentage. So obviously he's good at the ground. That's his strength and his weakness is on his feet and everything's a percentage. So I look into, if we do get the fight, it's obviously to, to knock him out. Right on. I'd be super excited to see you. <laughs> oh, Chase me super, too. Bro. I'd be mad. <laughs> uh, so do you, do you just focus on the next fight or, or is there like space in your head? Is the goal like a uh, UFC goal? That's, that, that's, that's always, gold. That's, that's always there. there. So, so that, that was the, the, there was actually, uh, I was explaining to someone, um, they said to me, oh, your, your goal the whole time was to be in the UFC and now you're finally in the UFC. And I go, yeah, now I've had to change my goal because, you know, I, fight, I fought locally for so long and then my goal was always to be able to make it to the UFC and fight in the UFC. Now I can't, obviously I've achieved that now. I want to go on to the next thing. And obviously the next thing is that UFC gold, UFC belts, you know, so you always got to be aiming for the next thing. Yes. So if you don't have any, then you're just going to be. Of course. Yeah. Uh, what division are you in? Uh, how, how heavy are you? Uh, the 66 kilo division, uh, featherweight division, the same as the UFC, Australian UFC champion, Alex Volkanovsky. Wow. Yeah. Damn. How does that feel, like, that you want the belt that he has? And obviously you've got a way to go before that's even, a, uh, you know, before fighting for that could be a reality, but... Is there is there any kind of do you both acknowledge that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we've got we've got a friendship. I still remember um, mucking around. We were, we were at his house after we were celebrating his win uh, over Max Holloway, and I was holding his belt, and I was like, 
hey Alex, it's it's not it's not going to take too long for me to get to this. And he goes, ah, you goes good. Use it, use it as motivation. I want you to. He he, he said it himself. He goes, I want you to use it as motivation. I want you to you, I want you to chase me. So that there was already like an acknowledgement of like yes, good. I want That's you to sick. chase me. Like give me that motivation to chase me. So like, but I don't know. Who, depending on him, I don't know how long he'll be in this sport. I don't. He's know. a bit older. No, he's not. He's not not too old. But I feel like he just wants to get in. Leave a legacy, get out. Smart guy. Yeah, yeah, because he's been very, he's been very smart to get to champion, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he he doesn't strike you as the kind of guy that's in there for, a, like, for a long time. Mm. Like, because he's got stuff going on and yeah. he had his football career. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah, he's a he's a very very down to earth guy. He's and just like when we were talking about just being like an ordinary pr- person, he's like one of the most Aussieest ordinary people you could think of yeah wow dude you watch him he's like he's so aussie <laughs> yeah he's so and he's aussie. so like there's just no there's no ego no, there. It's, it's just, just fucking hard on the just, sleeve that's it it's yeah like, the way he is in interviews is exactly the same way he is in person when you meet him always down to have a chat always down to take photos with whoever you know so he's he's a champion inside and outside of the cage literally that's cool Madam, is there anyone we're going to wrap it up is there anyone you'd like to shout out or uh, you know is there any um, where can people follow you where can they you know is there any avenues you want to direct them towards um, people can follow me on uh, Instagram at Josh Kulabel. Uh <laughs> you can spell my last name C-U-L-I-B-A-O uh, so Josh Kulabel, C-U-L-I-B-A-O and um, yeah so if you guys want to follow me I post usually on just Instagram I don't usually uh, post too much on Facebook but um, no one does anymore. Yeah, no one does. It's more of a family thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's it. That's cool. Yeah. What um, I get last thing I want to ask you is um, you know, you are you saying you got there's young fighters at the gym you train at, and they're looking at you and they're like, man, I want to fight, you know. And there's this and there, you know, there's a real kind of um, you're a real inspiration for them. Yeah. What's your advice to young fighters coming up who who want to who want to push it to that level? The, the same thing, uh, you just have to do the work and, you know, you have to find the relationship with a coach. I think having a relationship with a coach will take you to that next level. You might have somebody that's telling you what to do, but you have to have an actual relationship with the coach to be able to, you know, connect on the same level. And th- there's, a, there's a lot of factors that go into making it at a high level in this, with any sport is that you have to have, like, a good support system. So you have to have, like, people that are going to believe in you, guys are going to help you out, you know. You have to have a good team around you, just like exactly what I have now. So, yeah, having a good team around you and just having that that work ethic of whatever needs to be done, you've got to do it. You know, there's no complaining about it. Just get it done. Cool. I like that. Just get it done. Just get it done. Bro, thanks for joining us today. No worries. We'll, uh, man, we'll be watching from the sidelines. Yeah. It's super exciting, and uh, I'd love to see you fight Chase Cooper in the next yeah, couple of months. I hope so. Hope he, hope he signs the contract. <laughs> thanks for coming out today, Josh. No worries. Thanks, Joe. Thank thanks, you. bro. Cheers, Paulie. Thanks for Paulie. listening, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, make sure you give Josh a follow. Get on his Instagram. Hype his stuff up. Young dude trying to carve his own path in the in the fight game. It's cool to see. Um, if you want any help with your training, get at us, junglebrothers.com or on Instagram at junglebrothersmovement. Big shout out to Tree and Panavol Cafe because they supply the coffee that we're sipping on today. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks without their stuff and uh, the episodes were definitely lackluster. It's <laughs> nice to bring that caffeinated action. Um, and yeah, stay in touch. If you like the episode, please take a screenshot of it. Chuck it on your Instagram. Tag Josh, tag us. It helps tag support Chase. the show. Tag Chase. Tag Chase. Where you at, Chase? Where you at? And we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening.